listen to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 14. Episode 14 already, can you believe that chaps? Here we are again. Another week's gone by and it's time for the Guitar Heroes podcast. My name is Lee and as ever I am joined by Mr. Phil Walker. And Mr. Chris Taylor. Got a lot to say for himself today. (laughs) (laughs) He did, he did. Right, first things first, what are we drinking? Uh, Usual pot. Yeah, I'm on a green tea. I'm in a green tea. Right, I like my green tea. I'm really joking. We have spoke about this and I've ordered things. We spoke about this last time. I've leveled things up a little bit. I'm drinking a Hop House. Th- Hop House. Oh, I can't even talk. Hop House 13. This is great if you never had one. But it, it's very. It's a very hoppy lager. It's very enjoyable. And I should hope so with a name like that. I know. I know. Okay, mm. so that's first things first. Second things second. Phil, mm. what is that that you are holding? Oh, sorry. I'll put my trousers back on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, come on. We something happened this week, and we've we've held off from talking about it because we thought we would save it for the podcast. So come on. Okay. Um, Tell everyone I've, what you're holding there. I've had an incident, ladies and gentlemen of podcast <laughs> world. I had a crisis. Um, I've got a new Les Paul. I've got a new Gibson oh! Les Paul. Yeah. New guitar in the house, people. New guitar yeah. in the house, and it didn't cost me a penny. Oh well, they're the best type of guitars. I wish I could find a few of them. So how did you come to acquire this this guitar, Phil? Well, this is really strange. Everything in my life happens for a reason, okay? There's nothing in my life that hasn't happened because of something, okay? And that sounds a bit daft and I sound a bit like a, a hippie or something, but... It's very philosoph- I, I, philosophical, Phil. I like yeah, the side of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's better than that moaning old fart you normally get, isn't it? <laughs> what, the one that we saw a few weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the acoustic episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to have a new cue, cue the music. It's going to be flowers and things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I um, uh, everything happens to a reason with me. And um, me and Jay were talking about doing um, a new lockdown song. Um, which mm-hmm. we want to involve the band with. And uh, I'm not going to say what the song is just yet. But we, uh, I thought, okay, yeah, that's a really good song. Um, it's a cover version by a really good band. Um, so I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll cover the cover version. Um, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is, I think this is more like a Les Paul type song. So I grabbed my Les Paul out, and I don't know if anybody knows out there, I own, oh, I used to own a Les Paul traditional um, in Desert Burst. I bought it brand new in 2012. Um, and it weighs over 10 pounds. I think it was something like 10 pounds, two ounces or something daft like that. Um, really, really heavy. Even for a Les Paul, it was heavy. Um, but it sounded great and it felt really good. Um, so I kind of put up with it, but never played it, never really bonded with the guitar. Um, so anyway, I'm playing away. Um, I stood up. And, uh, I was stood up for about half an hour playing this Les Paul the other day on Sunday, I think it was, and my shoulder was killing me. And I've got a bit of a shoulder injury. I've had all sorts of things happen to it. I've had MRIs and all sorts. During um, the war. During the war, yeah, <laughs> during the war. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of mortis in there. <laughs> um, mm. So, so yeah, anyway, <laughs> so I've got a bit of a shoulder problem. 
And half an hour, I was in agony. I was like, oh, no. You know, and it sounded, mm. it really sounded good. Yeah. Anyway, I went inside. And I said to Jay, I said, do you know what? I said, if ever I see get the opportunity to probably get rid of this Paul for maybe one of the chambered ones, I think I will. Anyway, yeah. I sat down, and I was looking on Gumtree, and I just put in um That's Les a slippery slope, Phil, that is. Uh, it, as it soon is, as you start it, looking it, on Gumtree, you've already, you've already made your mind up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I was looking, and I saw I saw the picture of this, and it said um, it said a price, and it said, or trades. And I just flicked on it, and he said, ideally looking for a Les Paul traditional, something around £10. And I went, eh? Uh-huh. No. A so, light bulb went on. Yeah, a light bulb went on. So I um, I, I got in touch with a guy, and um, really, really nice guy. He's, um, he's at ex-army, um, so we were chatting for ages. And, uh, and yeah, and I, um, next day, COVID safely, went, went, went to, to, to meet him. Um, and we sort of like deal. everything at arm's length is sanitizers and face masks and, and everything like that. And he absolutely <laughs> loved my Les Paul. Um, yeah. And I fell in love with this one. And I've got to be honest, I reckon this is probably one of the nicest Les Pauls I've played. And it was a complete accident. Complete accident. Um, so this is the 2008 model with the with the heavily chambered body. So what is yeah. the weight on that one? It's uh, just over seven pounds. So okay. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's just big, like for a Les difference. Paul; it's a light guitar, you know, and yeah. it is so resonant. Honestly, I mean, mm. you can go have a yeah, bite yeah. to eat with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so resonant. The neck; it's got the asymmetrical neck on it. The neck I've just fallen in love with straight mm. away. It just suits me because the the other one was a fifties neck. Um, and I can seem to access the uh, the dusty end on this guitar a lot easier than than the fifties Les Paul. Um, there's a couple of things about it I don't like, which I'm going to change. Um, it's got the stupid locking jack. Another yeah. another one of um, Gibson's uh, design guys was probably drinking and decided, I don't know, let's put a locking jack socket on there. That would be a good idea. It's a stupid idea. So I'm going to change yes. that. Um, yes. It's got originally I hated the fact that it had the locking tuners on there. But I tell mm. you what, they're so good. They yeah. are, are really, they, yeah. really good. Um, I'm keeping them. I was going to change them out for the, um, you know, for the tulip, plastic tulip ones. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I'm not going to. I'm going to keep them because it's it, it, it just so smooth. The tuning on it is just so smooth. It's well, like a fixed bridge a... with locking tuners is about as stable as it's going to get, isn't it? And, it, and it is, the, other, yeah. the other upside is the restringing time. I used to find that. Well, I used to have mm. PRS with locking tuners, and it was so quick to just restring because yes, you didn't man. have to sit there and wind. You just pull it through, yeah. tighten the bolt up on the back, and yeah. off you go. I mean, I, I love a Les Paul. I've done, um, I've, I've done all sorts of gigs with my other Les Paul and gone, mm. you know what, I can't keep doing this night after night. But this right. one, um, I'll probably find I'm going to use it quite a lot more. Um, yeah. It's, it's in pretty good condition. It's been used. It's a 2008, you know, it's, yeah. it has been used, 13 years old. But um, it is in good condition. Ah, it's a looker as well, isn't it? It's a nice guitar. So that yeah. one will be coming yeah. out on the road with us when we return. Definitely. Yeah. Well, as soon as I haven't got my other one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Now, I, I must admit, it's a really weird thing because I've had that since 2012. And mm. although I really liked it and it was a really nice finish on it and the top was yeah. pretty and flamed, I never bonded with it. But it is really weird just yeah. doing a swap. 
It's almost like if there'd have been cash involved, it'd have been different. Mm. You just go, uh, yeah, okay, and then we just swapped, and it's even got like, the same case. It was just so weird. Very strange. You know? Very strange. Yeah. But that that yeah. was a nice Les Paul that you let go. But uh, it it was heavy. I mean, I I played it for yeah. one song in the show, didn't I, for a period of mm. time, and it and mm. it was heavy. It had a cracking top on it, but. Yeah, mm. I mean, a, a Les Paul at £7, you can't go wrong there, can you? And if it oh, sounds good as well, then yeah. winner, winner, chicken dinner. Exactly. Absolutely. I used to, uh, my dad used to have a, an 82 Les Paul, Les Paul Custom. Les I did. Yeah. I bet that weighed a bit. Oh, did you? It, w- it was an absolute boat anchor. It was mm. so heavy. But I, I was yeah. like 16, 17. I was I was really small back then. Um, mm. And like, yeah, after gigs, like my shoulder would be killing me. But I didn't really care. I was like, I'm playing a Les Paul. But, um, <laughs> was it a wine red? Si- uh, no, it was um, it was a natural wood finish. It had like okay. black binding around the edges, and it also had um, a rare feature of locking tuners. Uh, sorry, locking tuners, uh, string winders built into the tuners. Oh, so you just you just All flip right. them out and and you just spin them around as you as you're restringing the guitar. Oh, right. Man, okay. it's so interesting. Yeah, it's a very uh, very unique feature. They did. I only only did them for like a short run, but I had uh, my mum's an eighty two as well. Um, it was wine red. Um, and as if it weren't heavy enough, it had a factory Kayla locking trem system on there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like I didn't have it long. I think I had it. No. I had it. Um, I had it a couple of years, and then I did a straight swap for a brand new Fender Telecaster, which is now my yeah. uh, leather-bound Telecaster. Ah, the old leather telly, the old leather yeah. telly, which I don't oh, wow. play anymore. But yeah. nice one. Well, there you go, Les Paul. I mean, that that is, um, yeah, that was a good find. Fine, you're, you're nifty with the old eBay. He is. I, I don't know. He how He always does this. gets lucky. Last week he was uh, the Music lucky. Man amp. It's like, how? And they're Didn't always in <laughs> very good condition as well. They're I not know. just like, you know, what my, my mum always used to say to me, better to be born lucky than rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I think we'd all take yeah. that at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, on to today's on to today's subject. So it was kind of my my turn in the hot seat, and I was I was thinking, uh, what could we do this week? And I thought, well, something that's maybe relevant to to everyone now, stuck at home, just wanting to enjoy some music and have a listen. One thing I love about being a musician is is when you get those conversations like, hey, have you checked out this? Uh, and someone will recommend an album or or a band or a song. But more importantly, they'll recommend something that you've never heard of. And you'll go and check it out and all of a sudden it will become like something that you're just hooked on for ages. I'm not talking about players or songs or stuff that you're kind of familiar with you're like yeah yeah i've kind of heard that i'm like hey have you heard that and then you're like no literally never heard of them and you youtube it go on itunes whatever and within a month you're like top fan so i kind of was thinking it's like surprise heroes and um over the lockdown process we've we've had more time on our hands i've been listening to lots of music and just really indulging in listening because we can't indulge in that much playing at the moment um and there's been a few artists and a few people that were kind of new to me that yeah i just thought i could share maybe some of the listeners at home might enjoy looking these people up and hopefully get a kick out of it but also maybe you guys have got some suggestions and some people that were a surprise hero to you so that was my topic for the week. Um, mm. I'll f- I'll throw it open to the floor. Whoever wants to go first, whoever wants to give me some thoughts. Okay, okay. Well, I've I've got one person, um, and it's it's not a surprise new guy. Uh, and you may okay. you may have heard of this bloke as well. But a few years ago, um, 
I was uh, doing some work with Yamaha and Line 6 at the Corn Exchange in Exeter. Mm. And it was for the Manson's um, Guitar Festival that they used to run every year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and they kind of take over the Corn Exchange and, and, you know, it's just... It's just really cool. You know, there's all sorts of dealers there and what have you. And there's a live stage. And um, myself and Toby, we uh, we did some demoing of the Variax and the Helix and a few songs on the live stage. And it was, you know, it was going all day was this. And we'd, um, I think we were, uh, yeah, we... <laughs> Yeah, no, no, uh, no, no pressure. But we followed Bernie Marston. Ah, <laughs> so it's like, ah, okay. Um, you wouldn't have had any so, trouble if you had that Les Paul with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's better than yours. But oh, wait a minute, no, it's, not. <laughs> it's okay. He had a PRS. I think it had some wood missing from the headstock or something. I don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we were on after Bernie Marston, and um, we were doing a set earlier in the day when there was nobody there, and then mm. it got busier, and then we came off stage, and um, they, we got us bits of gear, you know, cleared out of the way, and then we were talking to a lot of, you know, a lot of the punters that were there because they all want to come up and ask you about sounds and things, and all of a sudden, the loudest band I'd ever heard kicked off, mm. and I was like. I, I was I was talking to somebody and I just went sorry just one second, and the guitar sound was just it just blew me away really and I turned yeah and the band itself was probably one of the tightest bands I've ever ever heard in my life and mm. and actually I, I listened to the whole set I was supposed to have been like you know doing questions and things like that with Yamaha yeah. and I just went I'm, I'm sorry I, I need to watch these and I just went <laughs> to the back and. I stood there. I stood with Lars Mullen, who was uh, oh, doing yeah. the video in and photography for the band at the time. And I stood at him, and I just went. I, I, I saw. I said, "I'm blown away by this." Like I actually said a few more choice words than that that I can't <laughs> say. But um, and the band was the Chris Barris band. Ah. Uh, have you heard of Chris Barris? Only, only through you. Uh, but this is this is a this is a great example of exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. So there's a name that I was completely unfamiliar with. And then you yeah. mentioned to me on a van drive and I checked him out and I totally agreed. I thought this is killer. This is these are people yeah, that more yeah. people need to know about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's doing really well for himself. You know, I think he well, he didn't he, he obviously he's played guitar all of his life. But yeah. he, um, his his main career was that he was a cage fighter. <laughs> Believe oh, it or not. Okay. Um, so I don't think he ever had any problems getting paid from venues or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was uh, he was uh, professional for uh, for around ten years, mm. um, and the guitar thing ran alongside it. Yeah, and um, he's, he's actually he's playing. He's um, he, he, you know his fighting career is quite impressive. Actually, he's had um, he's had he's had a total fight record of fourteen wins, two losses, and one draw. I don't think that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds all right to me. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. If you could have um, fourteen hit records, you'd be doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, if you go on his, um, if you go on his website, chrisbarrisband.com, um, there's a picture at the top of him playing with Billy Gibbons. Oh, so I mean, that's he's, he's obviously doing pretty well for himself he's now. With the Reverend, Reverend, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. Also on his website, if you're looking for things to check out, there's mm. two um, videos on there that really stood out to me. Um, one of them um, was called Hail Mary, and, and there's a video page on there. There's a media page, and there's all the yeah. videos linked to YouTube. So Hail Mary, and um, another one was called Lovers or Losers, and um, 
the the music video is actually having a fight in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I mean, use what you've they're... got. They say use what you've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a guy that said, oh, "We can't afford to pay you for it." Right, yeah, get the cameras yeah. rolling. <laughs> but, so um, he, but yeah, um, he's an Chris Barris. English yeah, guy? from Devon. Oh, okay. Oh, from Devon. Yeah, he's well. from so Devon. Is he and he predominantly a rock guitarist, is he? Blues rock, is he? Blues rock, I would say. Yeah, a blues rock. He, um, I mean, listening to his stuff, you can... I mean, obviously, you'd be able to make your own mind up when you listen to it, but there's a lot of different influences in there, you know, okay. I think. Um, and I'll make your... You know, you make your own mind up. Well, there think, we go. That, that, that's the whole idea. I'm, I'm going to go away and check it out and indulge in that, and hopefully mm. people at home will as well. And yeah. yeah, that's just that's just a perfect example. So a great recommendation there, Chris. What have you got for us? Well, on the way to gigs, normally we, uh, me and the, me and the guys in the other band, would always uh, share ideas. Like I'd bring like a new album along or something. And a lot of the times, the vans we hired never used to have like um, auxiliaries in you know to plug your phone in or something so we always used to have to sometimes make up cds and stuff and mm. i'd be like man check out this band they're great but for a long time i've always been into um um uh, what do you call it instrumental music and uh, with bands like snarky puppy you know um, yeah 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 uh, very progressive and uh experimental um and down that journey you kind of you find yourself on youtube kind of looking and stuff and then uh, my brother, uh, who lives in LA, shouted out a band to me, uh, and this group is a predominantly a jam band uh, from the states, and they're literally made up of literally super badass musicians. They're so good. Okay. Um, uh, I've got a list of the, the the guys here in the band. They're worth checking out because individually, individually in their own right, they're all amazing. Uh, the Chris, uh, the guitarist, is um, Matt Jolbert. Um, bassist is Charlie Dolan. Uh, keys players AC Carter and Isaac Till on drums um, but they're basically just a group of guys that got together to create like high energy experimental and super melodic jams um, and they're just a great example of like just feel good you know move good music and yeah. and I don't know what it is about there's there's one song in particular uh, the band is called Talk I should Talk. maybe address that T-A-L-K it. yeah no T-A-U-K T-A-U-K Oh, okay. okay. And um, yeah, the album is called Headroom, uh, which was released in 2015. It's a live album. And the song in particular is about nine minutes long and it's called mm. Afrotonic. <laughs> okay. And, and I yeah, like it already. Yeah, they're, they're an experimental <laughs> group, but literally the guitar playing, just everything, the sound as well. Phil, you'd really appreciate this. I know you've got a lot of experience in doing sound and you would literally, mm. literally listen to this and just think, Oh, that's how I want my show to sound. Mm, the drums, right. are like everything, is just spot on. But just the playing is like it's not over the top. Mm. It can be at times when they just really want to show off. But their music literally makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It's oh, like, that's it's, the good it, stuff. It, yeah, it's so emotive. But like I, I don't know what it is. The the songs are very hypnotic. There's there's times where they just keep repeating the same idea for about two minutes, mm. and it's almost like. You know, if you hear like a car alarm go off for so long that the sound just filters out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it just it keeps going on for so long that you kind of lose yourself in into the music and then suddenly there's a change, like a key change or there's like a lick or something. And it's like, whoa. And it's just it it takes you on quite a journey. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my nomination. And it's just uh, even now I just I listen to it and I haven't even tried learning the stuff. It's just I just really enjoy listening to it. 
I'll tell you a Would I'll you? tell you a song that comes to mind just off the back of that that you should definitely he's he's not one of my uh I mean he kind of is, but but kind of not. Gary Clark Jr. Um I absolutely love his stuff. I think he's fantastic and he's he's pioneering the guitar in the upper echelons of like mainstream music right now. He's he's what we need in the charts and, and everything because he's like a proper Texan blues guy that's like way up there with all the R and B and all the pop and oh, everything. I think I've checked this guy out. He's um he's quite he, modern, isn't he? Um he, like he he's a perfect blend of like uh I mean he, he's from I think he's from Austin and he's like the perfect blend of all the rootsy, bluesy, like everything, everywhere the guitar comes from. Uh but he he brings in the modern influence. So he's got this element of kind of hip hop, there's a modern soul yeah. thing. But he's yeah. he gets praised by the likes of um like Alicia Keys and like people who are who are right there at the at the you know like I say the upper echelons of like pop. That music. guy, he he is just full of soul, isn't he? It's just oh, I, I think man. that's that's what it is. It's just he really, but he knows how to deliver that. Every but all those songs I've heard of. He's genuine as well. He's a genuine yeah. like if you listen to him in interviews and stuff, like he's just so into guitar. He knows his stuff, um, and he's uh, he's he's just got integrity and everything that we would look for in a guitar hero. And like I say, he's who we need right now to keep the guitar front and center and keep it there with with a younger audience but anyway my point was going to be uh the song bright lights if you check that out that's a good example of what you just said chris where it pretty much stays on on one chord for like the whole thing it's got a great groove and a great um his vocal delivery is fantastic on it but he drags it through on the one all the way for about three minutes and then when the when the chord change comes it's it's hairs on the back of your neck it is it's that moment yeah it's it's perfect i mean it's a perfect example of um uh simplicity perfected and for me that's like the best stuff when you can just do the most with the least if you know what i mean and uh and anyway gary clark jr bright lights check yeah. it out check it out but he wasn't going to be one of my nominations but um that's a good one chris so i've made a note t-a-u-k yeah that's the yes. band yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the and guitarist Afro, uses a um, tonic. Uses a Supro, uh, Supro amp. It's a um, what is it? A, Netra, a Neptune reverb. Neptune, yes. Yeah, I, tr- nice I tried amps. a couple of. Yeah, I've tried. A, I, I think I tried one at Absolute one time. Quite I'm surprised they, got quite they didn't sell you it. No, they got quite <laughs> a hefty price tag too. I was looking for a replacement for my two rock at the time, and uh, but yeah, he uses a um, an Eastman, um, like a three three five um, style guitar. Okay. Semi hollow. And just yeah, the sound he's got a huge pedal board. Um, but yeah, a great sound. But I think you need it when you're doing experimental stuff and you you got ambience and stuff, I think you need as a guitarist a huge array of sounds, don't you? Something that can mm. captivate those sort of emotions. Yeah, if it's instrumental music, then definitely it's all about the colours and having all these different sounds and, and that's where it can get really interesting, can't it? Really but what cool. does the Gary Clark Jr. use? Because I know he's um well, his production he's is very hip hop Part of why I was interested in one of those, um, I'm pointing behind to my casino, because he, he played a not casino. Dri- he not still the, uh, does, but... Not that drip down the wall. Rec- Sorry? Not the drip down the wall. You know. Not the drip down the wall, <laughs> yes. I'm having some issues in my flat at the moment, and the wall is bleeding. <laughs> it <laughs> looks like something... I need, I need to know about this. What's well, it going looks like something like at like The haunted? Shining. Um, it's very boring. I do apologise to the listeners at home, but no, it's just the TV aerial in this room. So where we're in the we're in the penthouse, we're in the top floor flat, and uh, 
with all this rain we've had. You lately. mean you mean the loft? <laughs> yes, we're You're in, the, in loft. the attic. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my mum's loft. <laughs> 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 no, we just uh, we've we've had a bit of a leak that it looks like rainwater's <clears throat> run down the aerial cable, and is mm. you can probably see if I move my head. Oh. Coming out of the uh, the aerial socket in the wall is is what can only be described as kind of treacle. It's like a brown goo liquid, y- but y- it's okay because sure when it's I'm not haunted, <laughs> when I'm doing Zoom sessions and stuff like that, if I just sit like this, nobody can see. It's only when I move my head to the side. It goes. <laughs> anyway. peed down your wall, Lee. Sorry, back to your epithoma, epiphone. Yeah, Gary Clark Jr. uses a, uh, well, he did use a casino. He was a big advocate of the casino. And I think Epiphone did a signature model for him. Now, he's well into his Gibsons. Occasionally you see him with a Fender, but it's mainly, right now I've seen him a lot with this three pickup uh, SG. It's like a yellow SG with three P90s. But he he's an old school blues guy. It's, it's a fuzz, it's reverb, usually into a Fender amp, and just just killer, killer tones like... Old school groove, bluesiness, but in a slightly more modern presentation. Yeah. But anyway, my first nomination, my first surprise hero was going to be a guy called Ian Thornley. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Ian Thornley? No idea. No. Nope. Are you nope. familiar with the band Big Wreck? Yes. I've heard of them. <laughs> yep. Yep. So this is an example of what I was talking about, right? Big Wreck, they're an established Canadian rock band, like, quite a big almost mainstream canadian rock band with very little presence it seems over here in the uk and a few years back i was watching um one of the anderton's videos one of the youtube videos where they do interviews and they had this guy ian thornley on and someone had said you need to watch this video you need to watch that ian thornley video and it was a sort of video that because i didn't know the name i would flick past but because someone had said check that out i watched it and the rest is his. Just watch it. Watch the Ian Thornley Anderton's interview. And his playing in that video alone hooked me enough to go and check out his band. And then I immediately fell in love with his band. And within a week, I was super fan. Uh, and, and it amazes me that people like him and bands like them are not more known. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, kind of the Atlantic divide and some things make it over the pond and uh, you know others don't but his his player I mean for starters vocally he's just about one of the best rock singers I've ever heard he's very very similar to um, Chris Cornell uh, people like right. Miles Kennedy with like immense vocal range but he's he's got this Chris Cornell kind of character to his voice but almost almost I think he might even have a bigger range it's it's incredible but his guitar playing as well, he's like, name a style and he can do it. He's endorsed by Sir Guitars, so you might have seen him on some of the Sir promotional stuff and he has a, a Sir a signature model. But there's a few things that I would just say to check out first. There's uh, My favourite album is an album called Albatross. And if you go on YouTube and look up the song Albatross or look up the song Wolves, both of them are from that album. Uh, particularly Albatross is just the perfect example of what he can do vocally, melodically, uh, from a songwriting point of view, but also he's a slide player. So he, he can shred with the best of them, but he can play slide like the best of them as well. And that song, just uh, well, just, just go and check it out and you'll see exactly what I mean. And the track Wolves, another example of, of 
genius song. I mean, only you only have to look at the comments section on YouTube to see that <laughs> the people that are into it get it and love it. And it's just genius yeah. songwriting. The guitar tones, coming back to what we were saying last week with the, all the week before with the acoustics, the, the, the way that they approach their guitar recordings is all about layers. So there's the best of everything, the best acoustic sounds, the best uh, 12 strings, strat sounds, humbucker sounds, layered. So you get this almost guitar orchestration where you can hear 12 string acoustics, you can hear monstrous crunch tones. Um, just from a guitar point of view, just indulge yourselves. It's it's incredible. And there's so many different tracks that you'll just find little bits of guitar playing that you'll be like, huh, <laughs> I need to rewind <laughs> that. Um, I'm going to come back next week, Lee, and I'm going to be like, man, thank you so much. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, it was uh, it was one of those things that I was just like, ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, There's a track <laughs> called Ghosts as well, which was off one of their later albums. Go and check that out. It's got a Queen-type vibe to it because all the players are phenomenal. The bass player is great. There's kind of like a funky disco bass line to it. Um, great songwriting, but you get to the guitar solo about two-thirds through, and Ian just goes full-on Stevie Ray, and you would think Stevie Ray is back from the grave and plays this bit, but then it goes into this, just listen to it, it starts Stevie Ray and then it ends Ian and it's like, oh man, and the guitar tone, he's using some vintage Strat on it and it's just like, <gasps> so yeah, for any guitar fans out there, which I would assume that most of our listeners are, indulge yourself in a bit of Ian Thornley and Big Wreck and thank me later. You'd be surprised. I think we've got some paranormalists what listening in now as well. Why? Why About your that? wall. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 it's a bit creepy, to be honest. It, it, I sort of sat here and just thought, mm, what is that? The wall. You're not bleeding. feeling any like cold shivers now and again or anything? <sighs> don't. Don't. I won't sleep tonight. I won't sleep Only tonight. when he runs out of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> That's long gone. <laughs> long gone. <laughs> Oh dear. Honestly, uh, that was yeah. a great nomination, Lee. I'm looking forward Ser- to seriously, yeah, yeah. Check it, check it out, uh, and, and the live videos. Uh, another thing, we'll, we'll back <coughs> up just how good they uh, Ian is and how good the bandit are. It, um, incredible. I've I just guarantee, followed him on Instagram. I guarantee next week you'll all be you'll all be big wreck fans. You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. Anyone else before I waffle on to some other? Recommendation. Um, well, th- there is somebody that I mean, I only wanted to sort of keep it to one because I kind of had a feeling you'd have about fifteen <laughs> or sixteen nominations, Lee. Mm. Um, but I, there is one guy that the more I listen to, the more I hear his playing, the more I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, you're really good. And that's Chris Buck. Oh, um, from Buck okay. and Evans um, from Wales. He's really, yeah, really well, Wales boy, haven't it? Isn't it? Oh, yep. oh, hi. There we go. We've just lost all our Welsh listeners. <laughs> Sorry, he, uh, yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's a really great player, really yeah. good. And he, he's quite in there at the minute, and he's one of these that's always uh, posting YouTube videos and and what have you. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's he's really cool. I, I've um, I saw his band as well, another um, guitar show that I did with Yamaha a few years ago. They, they've dried up now. It's all finished, isn't it? Thanks to yeah. bloody COVID, it's such a shame. But great places for networking and. Um, yeah, he, he, I saw his band play there, and and yeah, it's great. It was great, and I think he's, uh, I think he's getting his playing's getting better, right? All the, right. all the time, I do. He's, um, and I really like his bends that he does. Yeah, he's just he's got some really nice bends, and it's got um, yeah, it's a very unique approach, hasn't he? It's um, it's very mm. emo- uh, very emotive, isn't it? Like it's not kind of yeah. um, 
normally you hear players and you think, yeah, they like using this scale or something. A lot of time I hear Chris play, like I follow him on YouTube and mm. like I have an idea of what he's doing, but a lot of the time I'm just like, God, it's so musical. And like, I don't even, I'm not mm. even trying to analyze what he's doing. I'm just, I just, I get into that moment where I just enjoy what he's playing. And I don't often mm. get that with guitar players. A lot of time I hear someone, I'm like, God, I've got to learn what yeah. he's doing. But I, I can just sit back and listen to Chris. He's a very unique guitarist and comes across as a really nice chap as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's uh, the one thing I like about him is that he's not he's not a speed merchant. I mm. I'm not really into speed guitar play. I used to be when I was younger, mm. but you know, I'm now I'm more into the feel. Well, I've yeah. been for quite a while actually. It's all about the feel for me. You know, you go play, you know, go play your demi semi quavers and God knows what. You know, do what you want without. You know, that's fine. But you know, to sit there and just be, you know, just have the feel of. Oh yeah, that's, mm. that's 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 what it's all about. It's all about music, isn't it? At the end of the day, and delivering mm. a performance—that's that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Well, for me anyway, and that's why I think I, I latch on to Chris. I, I love his playing. I was like, damn, he's so good. <laughs> well, he I is good. Yeah, I find with uh, particularly right now as well, I'm experiencing more burnout than I usually would, just because probably not being able to kind of unleash on stage and musical burnout is a real thing and that, again that's partly my reason for discussing this topic tonight because for me mm. whenever I feel burned out on a guitar I, I just come back to music yeah. I, I look at some of these artists and I just come in here sit with the music on put some headphones on whatever put a record on hey put a record yeah. on. <laughs> and uh, and just indulge in listening and then yeah. it kind of reminds you what you enjoy about it because right now, more than ever, without the gigs and without the performance and without the um, the interaction with your bandmates and all that stuff, it, it's stripped a lot of what we probably enjoyed the most about music yes. away. And I think you kind of have to remind yourself what what the good bits are, really, because just Absolutely. sitting in your room and woodshed in licks does burn you out pretty quick, it I does, find. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been through that myself, Lee, and uh, I've got something for you. To okay. go and listen to uh, Phil okay. as well, if you guys yeah. have, you may have heard this, but I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory. Um, okay, is this Chris's uh, corner? Um, it it could be, I suppose. Why not? I mean, it's going to be hard to make a Chris's corner out of this, so let's just do it anyway. I just like the jingle, so can I yeah. cue it? You can. I, I want. <laughs> I only because Phil got the voice last time. I want the voice too, please. Okay, okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, roll up, roll up. You know what time it is. It's time for Chris's Corner. Cue the music. Chris's Corner. Okay, so take yourself back to the mid nineteen sixties. I have no idea what that was like. I wasn't there. We'll have to ask Phil. <laughs> I, I I was there, but I don't remember any of it, and you'll have to think about why. He was in his right. late 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, we're not meant to interrupt. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, an American rock group, The Grateful Dead, was formed as a mm -hmm. jam band, um, one of the most successful touring bands in rock history, despite never having any, virtually no radio hits at all. Um, they were mainly known for their super melodic uh, improvs, improvisations um, and psychedelic jams. Um, but um, they were so popular because they knew how to connect live. You know, a bit like Chris Buck, you know, they can um, they can just really emotionally connect with the audience through their through their jams. And yeah. um, 
And they basically kind of created a belonging for everyone. And their concerts were like just purely experiences and their jams, improvs just took people on a journey. And I know a lot of substances were taken to kind of help elevate that (laughs) to a degree. Um, But one of the um, the, the founding member, Bob Weir, um, was a strong believer in the power of uh, the power and importance of dreams. And he saw John Mayer carrying on the legacy of the Grateful Dead into the future. Um, and out of this um, grew the uh, Dead and Company, uh, which uh, is uh, the, the act I was going to mention, Tuli. Um, yeah. And one thing, I, like Jerry Garcia is the original guitarist of the Grateful Dead, and he is just like a wizard, like in terms of like, you know, the way Chris Buck delivers. Um, mm. He's getting a bit of a plug today, isn't he? He is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of the way, you know, someone can really deliver something on the guitar, just one note, like B.B. King, mm. you know, um, Jerry Garcia was like a master at this. And and I think obviously they've got such a huge history and like I'm still like diving into it because all their albums are just it's so vast and I don't even know where the best bits are yet. I'm still trying to find that. But I've started with the Dead and Company because it's relevant to me. I'm a big fan of John Mayer. Mm. And I just ask myself, like, um, you know, he's a, a massive songwriter in his own right, guitar extraordinaire, but how does he fill the shoes of someone like that in such yeah. a big band? You know, their fans turn up in thousands, tens of thousands, mm. and he's on stage front The Deadheads. That's what they're called. Yeah. The Deadheads. Yeah. My brother in LA is one of them, and he, he got me onto this. And like, I'm in a, in a bit of a journey myself now with it. But, um, uh, but, and I think people were always asking, you know, how is he going to fill Jerry Garcia's shoes? And, mm. but he, he just brought his own his own style, his own flavor to the group. And and it basically out of that emerged a new season of The Grateful Dead called Dead and Company. And the yeah. song I want you to listen to, Lee and Phil, is from 2000. Uh, well, John joined the band in 2015. So any performances from this time, I mean, they're all so different. Every performance is completely different. Uh, the song is uh, Help on the Way, which goes into Slipknot, uh, into Franklin's Tower. And is this a, is this a live video? Is this something on YouTube? They're all they're all, they're all live. They don't they don't okay. do like studio stuff anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's all live now. Um, so yeah, help on the way into Slipknot into Franklin's Tower, um, and uh, it's just literally you just need to turn the lights off, stick your headphones on, and just close your eyes and just just listen. Perfect. I'm going to Such indulge in that. It seems fitting so as well what, with my new incense burner that I've got behind me. Oh, mate, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm my God, we need to get up. back on the road. What the hell is happening to you? I know. <laughs> I, 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 come on. It is so cool. You need to you need to go online and check that out. There's a shop I found on Instagram. You'll love them, Phil. They're van lifers, and they, they okay. did a lot of van lifing and trekking, and then they picked up all these trinkets from their travels and brought them back to sell in the UK. And that's a little handmade... Uh, teepee that you put the incense in it looks like the chim the, the sort of chimney is smoking at the top handmade in uh, new mexico <laughs> u.s it's so cool i just i love it but right now this room is getting very smoky in my eyes is that where it came but from then you got it sent from mexico no no it, it's okay. made over there but they they've collated all these goods from around the world and they sell them in the uk so they've they've got a shop in the uk Send me very cool i will i will you'll love it you'll love it yeah, okay okay no that's great chris that's cool dead and co i'm gonna i'm gonna because I knew Mayer was doing the Dead and Co thing, but I, I, I must admit I haven't really, um, haven't really delved too far into it. So 
I'm yeah, gonna it's, do that. Um, yeah, it's just um, make up your own mind with it because I think everyone just reflects on it differently, like with all songs and stuff. But it's um, it's such a new side of. It's still John Mayer. You can still hear how John Mayer's putting himself into it. He's always mm. been very honest with his own music, and you really hear that with this band. And but it's interesting. It makes all the other players play differently as well. He's got he brings an energy that no one else could. Well, that's that kind of sums up what live performance is all about, really, isn't it? and probably what we're missing. That's that's the best bit about being in a band is that dynamic that you get when everyone's on the stage together, everyone's in the room together. Yeah. And like I say, that's not what that's what we're missing now, which is probably why I keep experiencing burnout and just oh, I've had enough of guitar. What you need <laughs> to do is listen um, to some music. I often, a lot of time when I'm practicing, the last part of my practice routine is to uh, stick on a track that I've never heard of before. Mm. And I imagine I'm auditioning for that band. Okay. I put That's myself cool. in because the thing is when you practice, you're just noodling over stuff that you already know how to play or want to get better at. But something like that, I just I put myself into a moment of pressure mm. that you get at a gig or something, you know. And I think in this moment, right, I've got like three minutes to impress this band in order to to get the gig. Yeah. And like in that I'm gonna try and learn as much as I can, try and pick up the key and stuff and just it just puts you into a different frame of mind when when practicing and that might help a little. I don't know. That sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, so my uh, my I'll just I'll just do a couple of nominations tonight because because I want to come to a question. We got sent a question today, chaps. So I want to just Ooh, quickly lovely. do that as well. So mm-hmm. I've mentioned this to you, Phil, yeah. but I'm mentioning it to you again, and I'm mentioning it to you, Chris. There's a, a fella that I came across. I don't really remember how. Do you know? I think it was an Instagram video. You know, all those sponsored instagram videos mm. people can sort of boost their profiles and mm. randomly in your feed you'll just get one of these clips that you think hello i don't recognize you where have you come from maybe yeah. it was a hashtag that led me to him or something like that but uh the clip was probably 20 seconds and instantly i was just like huh? i rewatched it about three times and i was like on the profile follow boom, itunes music and i've listened to his album Probably it it might even be my most listened to album of of this well of 2020 of the the COVID lockdown as we knew it last year. So the guy's name is is he's a Spanish guitar player and his name is Diego Garcia, but he goes under of the ne- under the name Twangero or El Twangero, and that is spelled T W A N G like Twang U E R O El Twangero, and. Uh, <laughs> His uh, his he he makes largely instrumental music, which is surprising for me because I might have mentioned before I struggle a bit with instrumental guitar music. I I can only take it in small doses before I crave some lyrics and some you know some songwriting and melodies and all that sort of stuff. But his album, uh, Electric Sunrise, I, it just clicked for me, and it, I have to say is one of the most refreshing guitar pieces of work that I've come across in years uh, and I'm now super fan I I follow all his stuff online he's a Spanish guy um, and his, his roots are firmly placed there in the sort of Latin Spanish music he plays amazing Spanish guitar and his his finger style uh, acoustic stuff is just incredible but somewhere along the line he moved to America I believe he's now in California and he he blends those influences with straight up 50s classic Americana uh, and represents this whole subculture of of kind of Mexico, Cali. Um, well, he describes it as Latin twang. So you've got the big 
Cadillacs and the kind of over-the-top performance, but with this real kind of brooding Spanish undertone to it. And, um, yeah, you've got influences like Dick Dale and Chet Atkins, all those kind of playing styles and sounds, but coming from this Latin samba, rumba, Spanish angle. It's just so cool. And the tones, the guitar tones are just so refreshing to hear today. I'm going to have to listen to this, Lee. I'm he just going to have to go and listen. Can he you plays one of those... Um, what's the big gold thing that Brian Adams... 339. No, no. Uh, no, no the, the one... S- two, yeah, one uh, seven I think it's like five 275 or... Five, that's it, yeah. Or something yeah. like that. The gold um, thing. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays yeah. one of those. So it's got these... Uh, I think he also plays like a Gretsch. So you've got the Bigsby action and it's kind of P90s, low gain, um, Fender tweed amps... Edge of breakup, amazing like harmonic tremolos to give it that kind of deserty vibe, and um, that sounds so okay. interesting. Well, can you can you re- can you repeat his name? Yeah, so just uh, look up Twangero, T W A N G U E R O. But the thing for me with his playing is he's he's a he uses a thumb pick and plays kind of finger style, but his records have an energy to them and a roughness that is is full of exactly what we've been talking about, just soul and um, emotion and feel. He, he clearly doesn't sound like he's someone who quad tracks his guitars and, and layers and layers to an endless point where, you know, all the soul of it's just destroyed. There's there's a roughness and a readiness to it that, uh, I don't know, it just has an energy. And, and on top of that he constructs some melodies with his guitar that are really, really pleasant to listen, much like the shadows and that kind of music where you actually, the guitar was the lead vocal. And it wasn't just about being flash and about being technical. It was about writing a good song and something that had a nice melody and a harmony and some interesting rhythms and and just nice music. Uh, That's what he seems to do really, really well put the ego aside and just say yeah. right i'm going to make a, i'm going to make a song i want something that you can listen to and you can enjoy uh, and for me that album electric sunrise from start to finish i i don't think there's a i don't think there's a, a duff track on the album and it's probably my most listened to thing of the last 12 months and particularly fitting right now because of that spanish influence on there as well it does make you dream of warmer days and and carries you away to a, a desert scene somewhere it's so cool i i just think if you're a guitar player or a guitar fan check it out you you will sounds like i'm going to enjoy that lee yeah because i think like you're you're right there's so there's been most instrumental guitar players are a little bit over the top since you get someone like the rival like steve i or something i think there's always a pressure when you release an instrumental album or something it, it has to be like impressive yeah. I think maybe that maybe detracts people's mentality away from being musical and more so just trying to demonstrate technical abilities a lot of the time. Maybe. I just think most guitar, we're all guilty of that sort of perfectionism thing and, and we've got to be the best instead of thinking about, well, the music, should, is the music any good? Like, great, you can play this sweep arpeggio perfectly with no muck-ups, but is it a good song? And... For me, go listen to it. Any pick any one of the tracks on there, and um, it it just is an example of of the opposite of that. It's like, well, let's put the performance first. Let's put the energy and, and let's put the melodies and the song first. And if there's a couple of little notes that fluff here and there, 
doesn't matter. It's almost it's got a live element to it. It's a character, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, loads of character, and the and the guitar tones are totally different to what I I mentioned with the Ian, Ian Thornley and Big Wreck. It's it's more of this fifties inspired surf retro P nineties Fender uh, Fender Tweed amps. It's it's just great. Loads to get your ears into. Do you think? There. Um, when you play through gear like that, it makes you play differently. Oh, definitely. I think the gear because I, I've been playing on my um, on this this Hofner I got. Uh, it's like a sixties model, and I don't know when I pick it up. I don't want to play like anything fast. I just want to play just like BB King esque, you know, yeah. just something like uh, obviously upon joining this show, I never really listened to the Shadows, and obviously upon learning those songs that we do, I'm just like, God, this is so good, and it's so refreshing to me, because it's not just like whittling on the guitar, it's literally just great music, well, simple melodies that just sound lovely. And you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to love that album, and there's the, it looks like he's got um, quite a big back catalogue, which I'm yet to go into, but you're going to love that album. Anyone who's, who's into the Shadows, because the Shadows had that Spanish kind of thing as well, with, I mean, listen to Apache, with the the acoustic guitar, they do specifically um, guitar tango. Yes, yeah, yeah. Check that one out. That's 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 a good one. Cool, cool. Right, what's this question then, Lee? Uh, I'm right, yes. Conscious of time, so. Well, while I'm looking at that, have you got a rant at all today, Phil? Has anything annoyed you this week? Um, I've had a good week, mate. No, You've I've had a, had a really week. good week. I've I've got a nice Les Paul around my neck. Um, yeah, I've been drunk most days, so I don't really have much of a rant to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and is yeah. is Winter Watch all concluded now? Is that all done, done and dusted? That's all done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a nice bit of wildlife in the garden. We've got um, tits that are bobbing around all over the place as we have our coffee on the morning, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, I found the question. Uh, so this came in um, today again, funnily enough, from a, a chap called Andrew Munson on Facebook. And Andrew says, hi, Lee, I'm really enjoying the Guitar Heroes podcast, especially the one previously about acoustic guitars. I just wondered if any of you use or own acoustic <laughs> amplifiers, as I'm thinking of buying one to use at home with my Taylor GS Mini Koa. And I thought, hmm. Firstly, um, the Taylor GS Mini Koa is a great guitar. The Taylor is. stuff is, um, I think w with a guitar like that, you're halfway there. Um, I, I had a trip to London um, couple of years ago and there's a shop there that dedicate uh to, to selling taylor guitars and there's a, a little booth and they have a, a taylor guitar literally taken apart so you can see all the insides mm. and regardless of the model you have all the way from like um from the lowest one all the way up to like the high-end models that miles kennedy plays they all use the same preamps and, yes. and wiring yes. they're all the same and i think that's so amazing so Something like the Taylor Coa uh, model is um, the GS Mini is a great size as well, and I think yeah, you're halfway there. In terms of amps, um, I love the Fishman stuff. I've I've used the Fishman amp. I can't remember the model um, I played through, um, but Fishman for me really nail it. How about you, Phil? I mean, I, I kind of knew the answer. I could have answered on behalf of us, but I wondered if you if you ever used an acoustic. Did you amp Did you say he's playing it at home? Yeah. So he uh da, 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 yeah thinking of buying one for home use, which is an interesting one because I always used to say to people in the shop, I always say like, I see the acoustic amp as really something to to take your volume beyond what the guitar will give you and. Do you really That's need exactly that? what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you, if you need that extra volume at home, fair enough. But, you know, if not, um, 
your acoustic is never going to sound as good through an amp as what it is just by itself. Mm. I don't think if you've got a really nice acoustic. Well, um, I think uh, yeah, you can I play around with reverb and things like yeah, that. But, yeah. Um, I yeah, it, it depends. It depends if you hate your neighbours, get a really big one. <laughs> yeah, stick for a Marshall JCM eight <laughs> hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, acoustic amps. Um, not too up on acoustic amps. I've never really used them. I used to. Oh no, tell a lie. I used the you know the Marshall one, the little tiny Marshall thing. Oh yeah, they, they come they with the, like a mic inputs as well, don't they? For the vocals, so you could do like a the AS fifty and the AS one hundred. Mm. That, that's it, I think. Yeah, and it looks really nice as well. Um, Fender have started doing some nice ones. Um, I, I would say with acoustic guitars and acoustic amplifiers, this is just my experience. You mm. need to, I don't know, you can't right now, but you need to go and try them because your guitar will work with one amp and it won't work with another one. Yeah. Um, the size of the speakers makes a huge difference. Um, there's no point getting an acoustic amp at home with a 12-inch speaker because all you might do is get feedback from the guitar. That, that's a that's something to consider because in a, in a home environment it's likely going to be a little bit more enclosed than it would be on stage. Mm. So yeah, mm. feedback would be something. I mean, you to can consider. you can plug the sound holes on the acoustic, can't you? But oh yeah, for yeah. me that that kind of that does take away from the ambience of the guitar, doesn't it? Do you well, know that's the thing. Uh, if you're playing live, I used to have a Takamini and I used to stick the old sound hole bung in there. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it was great for live use, mm. but whenever I got it home, I always took it out if I was going to play it at home because it just sounded like it had a cold. I use you one, know, actually. Like, I sounded like that. quite often use one in the show. Just I find that I'm mm. hammering away on, on rhythm guitar on the acoustic. It, it is good. But, yeah. um, do you know, funnily enough, my Marshall rep back in there... He he told me that for a, for a quite a long period of time, those acoustic amps were actually Marshall's best-selling amp. I just thought I'm not surprised. <laughs> for every, yeah, but yeah, for everything good. Marshall make and for for what they're known for, their heritage, you've got this little acoustic mm. amp being their bestseller. Mm. But um, to to answer to answer the question from my point of view, uh, simply no, no, we don't use any acoustic amplifiers. I don't use an acoustic amplifier. Everything you heard on the podcast was all either direct in Phil's case, he was literally just plugged straight into your interface, weren't you? Yep. And then um, I think me and Chris were just running through the Helix, just direct yep. from the back of the yep. Helix. Uh, and the the Helix presets that we, we would all use live, I, I don't think they've got any amplifiers on there, just things like compression and reverb. But having said that, if you don't have something like a Helix and you don't have a studio monitor set up or, or anything like that at home then the amp would be a way for you to experiment with effects because we did say that sometimes if maybe you like Phil and you find acoustic guitars a little bit boring, then <laughs> plugging into an amp could mean that you could maybe plug a few effects pedals, things like echoes and chorus. I'd stick well clear of distortion, but um, yeah, over to you on that one, Andrew. Maybe you can let us know if we <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> so for thank, us. Well, thank you for the question anyway, and uh, I, I hope that helped in some way. Um, if anyone else out there has questions, then as ever, please send them in to us. You can find us on Instagram. Just search for Phil Walker Guitar, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Troy Guitar. Search on Facebook for Phil Walker Guitarist, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Williams Guitarist. You can find the story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram and Facebook. You can head to the website, www.storyofguitarheroes.com. And of course, you can head over to YouTube and check out Phil Walker Guitarist, where you'll see behind the scenes and potentially a new video on its way with that new Let's Paul, Phil. 
I hope so. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I am hoping to do a few videos. Um, just finding the time yeah. to, to do it. I must, it sounds ridiculous in lockdown and what have you, but yeah, time is... Um, you mentioned ah. this the other day, Lee, didn't you? It's like, even though we're in a lockdown period, it's like, you still feel like we're running out of time uh, to do things. I think, I think it, you just... When you adjust and you shift, you find new things to fill your t fill your days, don't you? And and all of a sudden, I've found myself becoming really quite busy this year, which is weird because Searching I'm for TPs. Not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing my usual job, but it yeah, funny old times, funny old times. But as ever, light at the end of the tunnel and all that good stuff, and we will be back Indeed. to rock and roll before long. Uh, Chris, you in the hot seat next week? Yes. Uh, is it? Is I it? I think it is. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess so. Cool. So. Well, we'll look forward to that. Thank you as ever for listening. And uh, please like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And chaps, it's been a pleasure as ever. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next Goodbye. week. Goodbye. You can hear the flame on this one. Listen. <laughs>